Hi, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. So this is like the freakiest thing ever because I'm actually recording this from my bedroom on Zoom. Uh, anyway, I got to get used to this. This is a second, uh, you know, at home session I've done since the pandemic started, since they officially started the pandemic. And I have to say, this is one of the few things, uh, this radio station, this radio show in particular for me, uh, all my people at the station, it's one of the few things that's helping me keep my shit together. I think what's actually this really, uh, I don't know, uh, important, important thing that I, it, that people are feeling is that it does, this situation that we're all in together does help remind us what we really value and what's really important and the people that are important and the things that we do that are important. This show, the station is one of those things for me but I think it's also great for all of our list, all of you listeners out there in pandemic land, pandemic land, pandemic land to uh, reflect on that if you, and you probably are anyway. Uh, but I also want to remind all of you that it's just a super important time to help community radio, like Radio Free Brooklyn, okay? So there's so many ways that you can help us. And listening to our, our, our station is important. You can download our station and have it on your iPhone or your Android phone or whatever phone you have. And if you can donate to us, that's really great too. But no matter what, go to Radio Free Brooklyn dot org if you want to donate it slash donate okay so keep us in mind um you know when you're thinking about what's important okay because we're important anyway um i am really grateful to be uh in touch with you guys and i'm always there for you uh, you can contact me any anywhere on social media um, at at dr lisa levy sp or facebook or whatever uh, so but today i have a guest that uh, is someone that is really important to me calvin williams calvin is one of our co-hosts but he's so much more uh, one of our you know hosts at the station he does a very amazing music show that is very popular and a well-loved music show called Lush, Vibe, Lush Vibes Radio. But Calvin is so much more than that uh, at the station because he's on the management committee, management team, and he's actually the one person that I can think of that uh, is is more technologically savvy perhaps than Tom Tenney, the guy that invented all the way of putting this station together. And he's just somebody that um, is just a really important member 
of our community that people really look up to and respect and value. So I'm going to bring him on uh, in a second. And um, so Calvin, you're there, man, right? I am here. Okay. Before we get started on you know who you are and what we're going to really discuss today, let's hear a little bit about your show. Can you tell us about your show and and you know when it's on, the thinking behind it, all that good stuff. How long you've been doing it? Okay, um, so my show is Lush Vibes Radio. It comes on uh, Tuesday nights from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, the tagline is uh, two hours of the airy, atmospheric, ambient side of all the genres you love and all the genres you didn't know you loved. <laughs> so, so during my show, I will um, explore all different genres of music. Um, from like, I I usually focus on like R and B and pop and uh, and soul, but um, I'll dive into I'll dive into like classical or country music or or orchestral. Uh, basically, um, any type of music that has like a uh, a certain a certain like very airy texture to it, like very like the kind of music you can like put uh, put headphones on and you can just like feel it like feel it in your ears and feel it in your body, you know. So, so. yeah, it's a totally it's kind of like your personality. I think being around Calvin is very relaxing. <laughs> I, although I don't think he's relaxed. I'm beginning to learn, but he creates <laughs> like this really chill chill vibe. Like being around him is just a great vibe. Being around you, Thank Calvin, you. since Thank you're you. right here. Um, so what's your influences? Like, where do you learn? You must be learning about, you know, in touch with a lot of different influences all the time, I'm guessing. So the, so I think just um, my love for music in general starts with my dad, who was uh, back in a past life, a, a funk musician. Oh really? Uh, he was, yeah, he was in a uh, he was a traveling uh, funk band. He uh, he played saxophone. He and it was a really it was a really cool band. It was uh, they were called Charisma, and my dad to this day um, will uh, will argue that his band was kind of like close to the same level as like the likes of Tower of Power. Wow, which is, that's which so is cool. An incred- which is an incredible funk band, and so he so. I've did he to tour? Did he tour and stuff? Yeah, he uh, he toured. He toured with that band for um, at least at least seven or eight years, possibly possibly and was, longer. And was he making a living? Uh, that was his living for uh, during that time. Wow, that's so impressive! I didn't even know that. See how cool <laughs> this is. What I want you guys to know about our friend Calvin. See how cool Calvin is. I didn't even know that. He's never like most guys would be like. Hey, my dad was in the coolest band ever. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's awesome. Have you seen him perform and stuff like that? Um, that was long before I was born, so uh-huh. I never, I never got to see that side of him. <laughs> Have you seen him play though? Does he play? Uh, uh, no, he 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 doesn't play. After after uh, his whole music career um, ended, he he put everything away and uh, uh, focused on you. Live a more civilian life, and I came along. I came along a little bit later, so uh. yeah. So, um, 
Calvin and I, folks, so here's the thing. Calvin and I want to talk about, um, Calvin's had like some, a really hard period in his life in the last, I'm going to say, he's had five years ago, Calvin was officially diagnosed with juvenile diabetes and in his 30s, which is very, very rare. And, yeah. <laughs> and he's had to learn how to integrate that into his life, and it's really affected him. So I think it's a really inspiring story because we are all thinking about our health now and how we have to, we are all coping in a certain way with what Calvin has been coping with for the last five years how to integrate an uncertainty about his health into his life. And uh, so I'm, I'm very interested to really get into discussion about that. But on top of that, Calvin has gone through, he's lost a lot of close relatives in the last few years, which has really compounded um, how, you know, what he's, him trying to like get his, you know, his, his life, trying to like understand that he's also dealing with his own health issues. So Calvin, just to start us off, why don't you uh, give us a little bit about the background on your family and what you've been through with your family. And then if it makes sense to you, integrate how finding out about your illness came in through that. Can you, does that make sense? Yeah, yep, yep, I got you. So um, we'll go back to uh, 2014. In 2014, I lost um, my two grandmothers um, within four months of each other, as well as uh, as well as a my my you would be my great great uncle. He was my grandmother's uncle, but he. Calvin, let me just say I want people to understand, and I want to understand your relationship, like you're, you're a very close knit family, right? Yeah. And can you, can you explain that? Because, you know, the idea of grandmother means so many different things to so many people. There are people who never see, you know, their grandparents live in like LA, they never see them. So yeah. describe your relationship with your family a little bit. So um, at least with my grandmothers, they were they were like as, as polar opposite as you can get. My uh, my mother's mother, uh, very like very fun oriented, very fashion conscious, um, very creative. Uh, she she made her own hats and jewelry and and so many wow. amazing things. And she was the one that I would uh, go over to her house and like listen to listen to old records and just like, wow. have, like uh, sit and have a good time. <laughs> And uh, on the flip side, my father's mother, uh, very, like, very, um, uh, comparatively speaking, very conservative, very, uh, well, because she, uh, she was, uh, my grandfather, her husband was a minister. And so they were, um, they were, like, both very uh, religious, but, like, my grandmother wasn't the, like, Bible-thumping type. She just lived uh, a very a very like a certain uh, a certain way like very reserved very um 
Like I can't say like she jammed religion down our throats, but she she was she was, she was who she was. Yeah. But so at the same time, did you grow up around them? Was your is your family very close knit? Like, did everybody see each other all the time? And like, did you guys do a lot of things as a family unit? So, um, it's a it's a complex story because like I have like I have um, half brother uh, half brother and uh, two half sisters, and so like we, I. Uh, my time with them was kind of like broken up quite a bit. So um, I would say I spent more time with my mother's mother, but mm-hmm. I, uh, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't uh, mean that I didn't have a lot of quality time. No, but I mean, you, they were part of your life, right? They They're were people. very much, they were very much and a part of my life. Yeah. Um, I mean, very, you saw them regularly. Yep. I saw, I saw them on a, a pretty regular basis. They are yeah. like very, very important parts of my life. And so, okay, yeah, yeah. They were around. They're, they're around. They were very, they were very much around and um, have so many wonderful memories um, of them yeah. and uh, with them. And mm-hmm. so, and so to, to, to like my, my mother, uh, my mother's mother passed away first. She uh, battled a long time with Alzheimer's and then Oh, that's hard. Suffered uh, and then suffered a stroke. Uh, that um, and so she was in a nursing home for the uh, remaining couple of years of her life, and so she just kind of uh, deteriorated mentally. Oh, that's uh, hard. Or uh, before she passed. And on the flip side, um, my father's mother still um, mentally, like mentally sharp as uh, sharp as a tack, but her body gave out on her. Mm. So were those two women that took care of you a lot that really, did they help you feel grounded and? Uh, Very much so. And consistent in your life, that kind of thing? Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So So that, that must've been, so that was 2014 and then, Mm -hmm. and then what happened? Um, Along, uh, along with that also in 2014, uh, my uncle buddy, who is, uh, he was basically like, another grandfather like he he looked after my mother in like so many significant ways like he like he loved my mother to death and mm. looked out for me and uh, me and my mom and my uh, older brother mm-hmm. and so um him passing took a hit on us as well did was he sick for a while or was it sort of sudden or um he um he lived in a nursing home he was oh. but he but like mentally, mentally, everything was still there. Just like, so that was body. like just a few months after that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, my mother's mother passed in August, mm-hmm. then my uncle buddy in October, mm-hmm. and uh, then my father's mother in December. Oh man! Yeah. Wow! Wow! So I was dealing with all of that, and then about a month late, about. Yeah, about a month later, I started uh, becoming sick and ultimately found out I had diabetes. How, what, 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 what were the symptoms? Like, what happened? Um, constant thirst, um, uh, weakness, mm-hmm. um, fre- uh, frequently having to run to the bathroom, like, later, like literally every 20 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was- did it feel like some of that was, like, brought... Did it feel like that, you know, stress, like, do you, did it feel like you were feeling really stressed and then you started feeling physically not well? Yes. Yeah. I feel. Did it feel related? 
it it at almost felt really it almost felt related at the time because of everything uh, I was going through and just uh, trying to hold it together, you know. Mm. Mm. And so and so. So what happened? You went to the doctor. I went to the doctor. They uh, they checked my A one C. They it's it. I had tested that obviously that I was diabetic, but so I was initially diagnosed as type two because at the time I was 29 and usually adults get type two diabetes. And so right. they, they gave me, uh, they gave me the, uh, the pills to regulate my blood sugar and everything. And so everything was good uh, for like uh, a year and a half. Then I started getting sick again. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up in the ER twice. Oh my God. Really? Wow. Um, the second time, I, I lucked out and found a, uh, a competent doctor who, who was like, you know what, let's let's do a blood test to see if you're actually type 1. Turns out, I've been type 1 the whole time. Oh, wow. So, that was, that was, that was an experience in itself. So, what was that like when you heard that? Devastating. I mean, finding, finding out your diabetic period is devastating enough. Finding out you're misdiagnosed is oh. even more difficult. What what was that like? Were you like, oh, I haven't been treated? Were you angry? I mean, that would make sense, right? I am. I am. Were I you angry? A- I mean, I w- I think <laughs> that anybody would be angry at like rationally, not rationally. Who cares? But like the main that's reason I was of- mm-hmm. the, the main reason I was angry was because. Um, the doctors the first time around when I was initially diagnosed didn't uh, didn't do the legwork to really see which diabetes that I had. They just made the assumption I was type two because I was twenty nine. Right. But as it turns out, um, um, type one diabetes happens um, later in life for uh, a number of people. It's uncommon, but it happens. So I just I just happen to be one of those people, mm. and mm. it's. Is hereditary. My grandfather, my father's father, was also a type one diabetic late in life. Wow. So. So um, that's devastating. Did they work out a good plan for you know to to um, manage your diabetes or like what happened after that? So after being correctly diagnosed, I had to go on insulin. So mm-hmm. I started taking the insulin shots. I immediately started feeling better. And so I had to incorporate uh, that into my life. Taking which, shots. Yeah, taking shots. So I did the shots for mm, a good year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, asked, uh, I asked my doctor, do you think an insulin pump would, uh, would be good for me? And he was like, absolutely. And so that's why right now I'm a, I'm using an insulin pump. It's uh, a lot more convenient. It's expensive, but it's a lot more convenient than having to <laughs> stab myself every like every few hours. So, what, where, where are you now as far as like the um, like? How does it affect your life being di- di- I mean, first of all, I just want. Do you? I don't know any statistics, but I know that most people with juvenile diabetes find out like before they're like five or six or something, right? Isn't that common? Like maybe at one or two. How often? What? 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 They usually find out as babies, either as babies or like as like preteens. 
So um, what, I mean, it's horrible having diabetes, but like, so what, how, how does it affect your life now? Like what, how would you, how do you notice, how would, how can you describe it, I guess? It, it's, I think if I were diagnosed as a child, I, it probably wouldn't be so bad for me because I'd be like, I would have adjusted long, a uh, long time ago. But right. But I mean, on a day to day basis. So like you have the pump, right? But, right. But do you notice, like, do you still have to monitor yourself? Do you get like sick? Like, are you afraid to go on a long trip? Like, how does it affect you on a day to day basis at this, at, at this time, in this point in your life? Uh, the most, um, the one thing on a thing physical that, level, on a okay. physical level, uh, on a physical level, it's, um, it is a little, it is a little tiring, uh, because you have, even though I'm not taking the shots anymore, like I have to, like, every three or four days, I have to uh, put a new infusion set, uh, into my, um, into my stomach, and that's, that's even more painful than the shots were. <laughs> really. So that's, uh, depend uh, depending on if I hit a nerve or not, and that that tends to happen, and so uh -huh. that's so and you the, feel the tense before portion. you do it, right? You're like you don't you're yeah. like oh shit, I'm gonna have you don't want to do it. You're like man, I'm gonna have to make myself do this, right? Uh, yeah, it's just it's just you have to I have to psych myself up to uh, before I do yeah. it, yeah, and just brace in case it in yeah. case there's going to be pain associated with it. Mm. So. It's a, it's rough to say the least. And yeah. on top, on top of that, there's the emotional toll of knowing that like this, this machine is basically the thing, uh, the thing saving me from an early grave. Oh, so you mean if like, um, God forbid something happened, just to, just like the power that the machine has is crazy. It's a mechanical yeah. thing that you can mm -hmm. see or, or like it's a, it's, it's a thing. It's a, it's a thing. And You're being little, kept alive by a thing. This little, this little device that every, that people confuse for an iPod all the time. <laughs> wow. So there's that, but like, um, does it, or do you have restrictions? What kind of restrictions do you have that you can't, Things you can't do. Things you um, can't eat. Things like that. What kind of restrictions do you have? Uh, car carbs are carbs are my enemy, unfortunately, as as a diabetic. So, um, like spaghetti nights, those are done. Like no birthday cake. Um, I I uh, I don't do. Yeah, I really don't do birthday cake anymore. Hmm. No. So anyway, no spaghetti. Sorry. And what else? No, uh, no, uh, no spaghetti. No, uh, very little pasta. Like I have to monitor my intake of rice and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's it's pretty rough. Do you like if you get invited to somebody's house for dinner or something? Do you, are you like, oh no, I'm gonna have to deal with this, or does that bother you, or is that an issue? I will. Uh, I will usually. Um, I will usually. Um, stick to um i usually stick to like uh more proteins and uh things of that nature so meat uh, meat cheeses right um, everything that doesn't involve carbs right so you can usually find something to eat right yeah 
And then what about like traveling or activities? Um, if I like, if I go anywhere that's going to be longer than two days, I have to bring insulin with me. Mm -hmm. And that has to be refrigerated. Yep, that has to be refrigerated. So, like, I have to travel with uh, with an ice pack and uh, ice packs and and the whole nine. Mm hmm. Is there ever um, a trip that you wanted to go on that you couldn't go on? Um. Or I guess you're no. not thinking so, that way, are you? <laughs> um. Um, I've, I've been on trips to, I've been on trips to oh, yeah. uh, Georgia and I've been, I've been to California. And, yeah. You uh, had a nice trip last uh, summer, yeah, I, I think. Right. Yeah. Yep. I did. That's good. Uh, Lisa, I'm really sorry. I've Mike calling me right now and I'm going to have to take this. Okay. Uh, go his, ahead. His Do you mind right doing now. it on the show? Oh, you, oh, you're like, uh, okay. So Go ahead. So this is, I'll talk, I'll talk to the people. You go ahead, Mike. Okay. So here's what's going on. Calvin is our dedicated uh, uh, management person is actually having to manage the station right now. So one of the hosts is in touch with him because they need help for their show that's on right at the moment. So I'm gonna just talk to you guys why this is going on. Uh, and um, let's see, uh, you know, it's been, this is a really rough time. I actually, I wanna tell you something. I actually started m seeing, my seeing my therapist again, last night because I feel so stressed by this whole thing that, um, and I'm also dealing with somebody who's okay, but ill on top of it. So, you know, not seriously, seriously scary ill, but has let, let's, there's a lot of fucking pressure, man. It's been really rough. So I did what I thought was a good thing. And I made an appointment with my shrink, who I haven't seen in like almost a year. And during this period, I am going back to therapy because I have to tell you, like, I mean, I was talking to her about it. This is a time when a lot of people regress. This is a time when people don't know what to do. You want to be, you know, it's, it's almost like an, it's almost like an identity crisis. Like, who are you? What is, what is, you know, what are you doing? Like, what are, it's just a complete, we're all at sea, folks. We're all at fucking sea. So um, this is actually a time when people, when people need help from a therapist and it's a good time to get help. And therapists are very available. You know, they, there's, it's easy to have a teleconference or whatever. So uh, if you are feeling overwhelmed, I encourage you to get in touch with a shrink, a real shrink, a licensed shrink. 
And I'm going to be posting some options for you on my Facebook page for that. If I may, uh, if I may interject, um, Lisa, you did send me some uh, really uh, fantastic resources earlier, and I, I greatly appreciate that. Oh, good. Well, is I'll be. That... Uh, so is Mike okay? Yep, Mike. Uh, Mike is good. Okay. Well, um, I'm glad you he... were able to help him. Yeah, he's he's doing his show uh, live from his house right now. <laughs> okay, good tech shrinking there. See, you yes. did some tech shrinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, how your life is affected by being diabetic on a yeah. you know day to day you no, know it's... level, just on a practical level. So you have so, to what? Do you feel healthy most days? Do you work? Do you feel healthy most days, or do you feel ill during the day, or what happens? Um, for the most part, I'd say like eighty-five percent of the time, I'm feeling pretty. I'm feeling pretty healthy, but there will be days where my uh, my blood sugar will just do really weird things, and uh, without any real explanation, and my my blood sugar will like fluctuate up or down or both and so those are those are the days where uh things get really difficult so it's unpredictable and then when you feel ill what do you do do you have to stay home do you do you well you have to stay home now anyway right but do you have to muddle <laughs> through the day is it like pushing yourself yeah much like uh, especially after like if i'm experiencing low blood sugar those are those are like bl low blood sugars are the most difficult, um, uh, difficult experiences. So what, um, what is it like? What is, do you feel tired? Do you feel nauseous? Do you feel, feel extremely weak? You, um, my, yeah, like I start getting chills. Your body starts to shake because mm. because bas basically it's, uh, um, when you're when you're uh, you have low blood sugar, it, it affects your your nerves in your brain, and so like your your brain and your nerves are literally beginning to starve, and so your body's reacting to your nerves, like basically going into a panic. Mm -hmm. And yeah. can you eat? Does eating help? Adding eating sugar help or? Yep, that's that's actually the uh, the treatment for low blood sugar. Just finding mm -hmm. um, any source of sugar, but um, most diabetics will. Um, overdo it when uh, trying to trying to uh, um, uh, get through a, uh, get through low blood sugar, and so the next thing is high blood sugar. <laughs> oh, so it's still like you've still got to be really careful about how you manage it. Right. So you go through you go through a low. You 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 fight through that. You get some sugar. You go overboard. You have like one or two many um, one one or two too many drops and. Next thing, uh, next thing you know, your um, your blood sugar is at like three hundred, and you're just like, I can't win. <laughs> and then, and then, what? What? How do you feel when you have high blood sugar? Like it's um, it's basically all of the fatigue with uh, with none of the shaking and none of the chills. You just, you're just like, oh, oh okay. So just a lot. Okay, of so that's all. Sounds like hell. So let's talk about the emotional side. So what, what, how long has it been since you've been on this patch? Um, I have been on the pump for pump. Um, the May will be two years. Two years. So what, what's the journey been like? Like what you've probably gone through phases, like where are you now? Like how, what, I mean, that's a huge thing to adjust to. So how have you coped or like what's going on? 
Um, I'm still working that out. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it's, it. Um, so I'm getting close to. So I'm get at this point. I'm getting close to the acceptance phase. I'm not quite there yet because I still think about all the days where like I could. I I could eat basically whatever I want. I could like do do think do kind of really fringy things like uh, enter a pie eating contest. <laughs> oh, did you really? Yeah, I did. Did you do that a lot? No, I did that only one time. Oh, because I wanted to I wanted to know what it was like, and uh, and interestingly enough, I actually won that pie eating contest. <laughs> yeah, I I won that Super pie eating power. contest. It was fun. That was that was a lot of fun. <laughs> wow. So, um, what was it like? You went. It was shocking at first. Uh, shock, devastation. Like it's it's almost like the five stages of grief. <laughs> right. But um, so is it like you? Is there? There's a morning you miss your old life. There's a morning. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I, do do you feel like you're different now, or you must be? I mean, it must have changed you. And like, how are you different? Really, is probably a better question. Um, that's a that's that's quite a question. That's that's something I'm still like I still I'm trying to like figure out. Like, I I know I'm definitely a much different person than who I was. Uh-huh. Like between uh, between uh, the medical issues and like all the all the the family stuff is like it put me like it put me in like a it's put me through a lot of anxiety and that that's a lot that's pretty much where my the beginning of my anxiety began so oh you mean did you not were you not anxious and now you were not an anxious person and now you are an anxious person like i I probably had like some forms of anxiety or just overall nervousness. Mm -hmm. Like I was kind of a like nervous, timid kid growing up, but um, I was like, I was uh, more outgoing, especially during my twenties. I was uh, very outgoing. I'd go to uh, concerts, uh, Mm -hmm. go out, go out and meet people. Mm -hmm. But like um, as I've gone through my thirties, like I, I am a, a, a complete shell of who that person was. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you used to go out a lot and now you're much more, you um, were an outgoing person and now you're not. Do you, do you think it's like depression, a lack of confidence? Like, what do you, what do you think happened? Is it all of um, that? Or what do you think happened? It's, it's, a, I mean, it's, it's a lot of things compounded. And you think that, um, do you think that like the feeling of like that anything can happen is part of it? Like what happened with, with like, man, this is awful. So it sounds like, like, it's, it's a, it's a compounding of, it's compounding of, um, of grief mixed with, um, kind of disappointment with like it almost it almost feels like my my own body betrayed me <laughs> uh-huh. and and like kind of going through like kind of like a, a slow a slow dive into like 
just a lot of disappointment and disappointment with uh, disappointment with uh, life, disappointment with my body, disappointment with situations, and like just a lot of things wearing on me over the years. It's like chipping away at my confidence, uh, my self confidence, mm-hmm. my self esteem, um, mm-hmm. and it just just ended up falling into uh, depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. anxiety, mainly mainly due to the fact that. I'm like things are things are not the same and and it's constantly changing and almost feeling like I have no control over anything you know right right I can imagine like I can imagine like all the grief and loss of what happened with your family members uh might get sort of combined with um you know, your own, with your condition, with your illness, you know, like you can't really separate them out, right? It's like one big, you know, mixing ball filled with not very good things. Right, exactly. Yeah. How how has it, does it, does it, does it get better or worse or is it consistent like that whole trauma? Um. I would say the low, like the last two years were like really the lowest points mm-hmm. um, uh, from an emotional standpoint, just mm-hmm. like almost feeling, just almost feeling hopeless, you know? Yeah. I can, I, I mean, that, that make, I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. What's really um, hard is this whole coronavirus situation on top of that right now? Yeah. So how are you feeling? How is that affecting you? The coronavirus um, thing. Do you? How does it affect you? It's. Is it making it harder or? The one thing that really helps is the fact that I work from home. Like mm-hmm. I've I've been working from home this whole time. So, so in like, the 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 self-quarantining, this whole situation, that doesn't bother me. What really bothers me more is like the, uh, like a lot of other uncertainties and like, uh-huh. like uncertainties, like out in the uh, world this, or for you like, personally, uh, a little bit of both. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like out in the world, is this going to get worse? Um, will my family members be affected? Uh, how's this going to affect things like trying like uh, basic things to survive, like um, going out shopping, getting food, like, could our food supply be affected by this? Like, what is going to happen? It no. Is... <laughs> no. No. Food supply is fine. I don't want to worry about that. <laughs> I think the food supply is fine. Okay. But, but, but I can imagine, you know, what you're talking about. Uh, what I was going to say was... Um, I want my listeners to understand that you've got a big ace in the hole, Calvin, that you haven't mentioned. And that is your talents and your skills and your, you know, money, your ability to like make a living. It's huge. Like you have, um, well, like I was telling, I was just telling everybody, like how talented you are, uh, 
at whatever, like I don't even know what it is actually that you're talented at because it's so technologically complicated, I couldn't even like begin. But you have skills that from where I sit means that it seems like you're not gonna ever have a problem being employed. Am I right? Um, I, it, <laughs> like I do have, I do have a, uh, enough marketable skills to be able to uh, like make a decent living. Like, uh -huh. I'm, like I wish, I wish I were at a point where I was making more money than I currently am. But of course, of course you do. But there's, but there's so many different things that I'm able to do that I'm like between my technical skills, my musical skills. Thanks dad. <laughs> and, um, and your charm. You are very, very, <laughs> very charming. <laughs> and like people like being around you. You're great with people, no? Uh, that's he is. He is. Okay. <laughs> like I, I he he's not he's not gonna because that's see it's one of those things. That's one of the charming things about Calvin is he's not gonna go, yeah, I am. So uh but I think that like that, the ability to earn a living consistently is such a solid thing that you have for yourself, no? Uh, yes, I've, I've, my, uh, like I have one of the uh, rare abilities to uh, maintain employment for, for long periods of time. That is no small thing. I think that's something that you could like, Really, you could really leverage that, Calvin. That's a big deal. People, people uh, really, I mean, that's something that uh, is huge. And I, I don't think that can be underestimated on a lot of levels. The ability to take care of yourself, what you're talking about now, the consistency in your life. Like yeah. you have a lot of inconsistency there's a lot of things that have happened, but the ability to like maintain an income and, and health healthcare, right? Right. Is and that like, goes hand in hand. Like <laughs> you can own you can own that. You can own that you are gonna have that. And that's a really big deal, I think. Do you do you, do you, you know that, right? I mean Yeah, I yeah, I do. Like I I can definitely appreciate um uh, my skills and my like how that position like the ways that uh, positions me positively so mm -hmm. um, I I try my best not to take that for granted no but the thing is it's like a way to see how solid you're like what I'm he hearing or imagining is like the instability of losing people and thinking like getting this disease that you know that would that is incomprehensible that you got yeah and having to learn how to live with that like when we were talking about it earlier it's like we were i was saying like it's sort of like in a certain way if you're blind there must be something easier about being blind from birth because you grow up and you learn how to cope with it throughout your life but having to adjust to being blind and not going through that as a child is mm -hmm. a completely, it's like learning a language, you know, at age 30, as opposed to learning it when you're two years old, it's very different experience. Right. Um, so, and like, 
you know, like the thing that's really awful is the loss of life that you've been through, but that in itself is an ongoing, you know, your diabetes is ongoing, but that was like a bad, that was a bad period that might've gotten emotionally mixed in with the uncertainty of your illness of your illness no uh yeah i i I definitely agree with that so just um being unable to cope with everything like trying well trying to find with everything and it's just um after a while you just uh you you try you try your best not to get to a point where you're where you're like you know what i give up so you just kind of you just kind of go numb but um here's here's what i'm wondering about i'm wondering about if you ever really got to process the loss of your family members because this is what i'm wondering for what it's worth Mm -hmm. um if you haven't gotten a chance to process that and really you know separately from your illness your condition i'm going to start calling it a condition is that okay? Would that make oh. sense if we called it a condition? Yep, that's that's fine. That, that I think we should I, start I like thinking of it as a condition. So if um if you had a chance more to process what you went through with your family members that might help you manage separately, that yeah. might help you manage your condition better because right now they're all in the same boat. Right. But the loss of your family members was a one-time thing. And it's a, that yeah, is, it, but it's, but I'm, it took me a long time to realize this and like me, uh, both my mother and I um, kind of figure this out together. Like it's, it's like losing family members is like trauma. It like it's, a, it's a very trauma. much tra- traumatic experience. Oh, it's so, all trauma. There's no, yeah. we're not, we're, I'm just saying like, if, if you separate, like, I think if you separate the traumas and look at them separately, mm-hmm. that might be a little easier or it might have, it might be easier going forward. I think like, you know, processing the loss of family members is very difficult obviously yeah uh and that that is one that has one road to it and i think like learning you know grieving losing what you the what you had with your before your illness and then processing that going forward uh is a different experience uh, for sure a different yes. journey so you have two journeys that started out together yeah but I think like processing them separately is maybe a little easier to cope but we also talked about like this is a really big deal Calvin I mean and we talked about uh, being in therapy so and you haven't, I mean, I hope you're going to, I mean, I did send you a couple of links. I hope you yes. get started. <laughs> so what have, so um, what have you, how, how have you, 
you know, been trying to process this stuff or? Um, I think this year has been like really the first time I've been like emotionally able to. Uh-huh. Like, I'm really like something, I don't know what it is about this year, but like I really just needed to get through 2019 with uh with my with some semblance of sanity but like right after uh right after like literally after the ball dropped i remember like jan like january 1st after i did my show i actually did uh new year's in the studio oh wow that's so awesome so after after that i went home and i slept for about 15 hours wow and for the follow for the following two like following like two or three weekends, I would just sleep for long periods of time, just just sleep, just sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. I think my brain my brain was like, "All right, you made it. It's time to rest now. You've been run you've been running you've you've been running from all of this for so long. It's enough's enough." And so that was really when the tide began to turn for me. Oh, so that's just, excellent. You mean I think you just felt- realizing, I think just like I think some inherent realization that uh, the last five or six years I've been just running from everything and just trying to find ways to keep my mind occupied ah. to to avoid really falling apart. Wow. Yeah, that was re- that's really what it was because I've been. I've been like running, like I tried. Um, I've tried my best to like process everything, but it it I've not been able. Like it has been really difficult to do that. But one thing that really helped out was just like between work and um, finding way finding different projects to keep me busy. So just basically keeping. And keeping busy and just keeping consistently going, keeping going, keeping going, keeping going. So basically, the last uh, five or six years have been me just like keep like keep going and just kind of um, block like blocking like any even like emotional feelings and mm-hmm. any emotions tied to mm-hmm. like all the the grief and trauma I've been mm-hmm. feeling. And so finally, this year I've been after like my. It's almost like a, a a mental and emotional reset. Wow! And, and ever since then, I've been really open to feeling a lot of the things that I haven't felt in a long time. Wow! Wow! So, that's the, so that's so amazing. I mean, that, I I I don't know. That makes I love hearing <laughs> you say this. That's all. I'm just saying. I'm so good to hear you say that. You know. So that's been like the real the real breakthrough for me in, in 2020 and uh it's as weird as it as weird as as it is to say like with everything going on and uh, with all the madness and chaos um in the world I'm glad I'm glad it happened this year and not last year cuz I would I would not be emotionally prepared for everything that's happening and is about to happen Oh my god can you imagine like well, I, I had, I had enough trouble getting out of bed every morning, like uh, bed in the mornings last year, and just move, like keeping, like keeping things going. Like I put, I put on a brave face for everything. Oh, you do because, like, I, I knew, know because, like, I know, like my my mom needs me, 
my work needs me. Radio Free Brooklyn needs me. My friends need me. Like I'm like, I'm, I am like very much for some reason rely, relied on, like I am, I'm a rock for, for so many people. And so like I've, I've had to, like, I've had to be strong for all of them. And so um, having to, like having to continuously be strong and keep busy and like, I don't, I honestly don't think I like really bothered to make time to process everything that, that's been going on. And that was, and that was like really how the, that kind of mental and emotional decline got worse. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very, I'm very grateful. Like, it's weird to say it's, it's almost like I gave up and I'm like, after oh. like after January 1st and I'm glad I did I I I gave up control and once I once I gave that up everything turned around wow <laughs> wow that is so awesome so that is really amazing what you've been through like and that you came came to that you know realization on your or whatever you went through the process and you came out in a pretty you're pretty fucking tough man that's all i'm <laughs> saying you're a fucking bull you know because I, yeah i I, mean, I i really i one one of the things i realized i i don't give myself nearly enough credit cuz oh my like god no. like this like things like this take people out every day oh yeah oh yeah and, and I've I've managed to make it through all of this, and oh, with yeah. with a little, with with just enough sanity left. <laughs> well, I mean, you've also it seems like you put a lot out, you know, out into the world and out into other people. And what you you need you you know you need to keep some for yourself. Is that what you what do you have like really high standards for yourself or something? Is that it or I. Oh. that's something I'm still trying to figure out. Like I, or, I'm as for somebody with as little self-esteem as I have, like I, like I do, like I do like take pride in like everything that I do mm-hmm. from like from my work to things I do at Radio Free Brooklyn to um, my friendships and relationships, like those, like things that matter to me, I will put everything into. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of that is avoiding your own feelings by trying to like do good, do like, you know, go for it and be strong and doing the right thing. Like there's, there's, it's like a reward. It's like being, are you a workaholic? Like being a workaholic is like people, you get a lot of, like people who are workaholics, like you're always achieving a lot and doing well and people really give you a lot of reinforcement, but it's not good for the person who's doing it. Is it that something like that too? Um, that, that could possibly be it as well. Like, I'm, like I'm one, I'm one of those people that will not stop until something's done <laughs> uh-huh. for, for better or worse. Uh, a lot of times detrimental to mm-hmm. my emotion, to my emotional well-being, mm-hmm. emotional, physical well-being, but um, that's something like, yeah, like you mentioned, like one of the things that I'm probably going to have to do is like really, really begin to take more stock into myself and like invest more time in bettering myself emotionally from, a, from an emotional standpoint. I don't like the way you put that, bettering yourself. 
I would well, say honoring yourself. I think you're amazing emotionally. <laughs> I think you're really, you know, incredibly powerful. I think that the struggle that you describe is, you know, normal and, and actually, you know, you've handled it better than most. I mean, yeah. it's insurmountable. I mean, it would be, in, it feels almost, I mean, it's incredible what you've what you've pulled through and you know that and you're right and and i think that um you know i mean you're really fucking hard on yourself calvin i am and you're not doing yourself any favors by that <laughs> we know that right what yeah. about your friends people love you do you have a lot of support i i have a lot of people that want to support me but i don't allow them to okay well that's that's where the problem is that right uh, my oh boy we could we could do we could do another episode on just my trust issues <laughs> oh you got trust issues oh yeah i do so why is that um for all the people that have like like shown show me love and support there have been also people that have really really like messed me over um em like emotionally whether oh. whether it was intentional or not oh. um oh like going back to junior high school and that uh that's a that's okay a well you know what let let me just <laughs> let me just um hang in there let me just because we have to get to the 59 minute thing and I, i'm just how many minutes do we have calvin um i uh, made it 20. what 20. One, uh, one minute, 20 seconds. Oh, okay. So, so let me just tell everybody, <laughs> thank you for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. This is Dr. Lisa. I'm here every Thursday, two to three. Um, and, um, you know, uh, go to our website, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. And um, Calvin, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit, tell us when your show is. Oh, yeah. Lush Vibes Radio, Tuesday nights, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Okay. So, anyway, um, thanks a lot for listening. And you should stick around because we've got Elon Danziger with Lost and Rewound. This great programming this afternoon. We've got uh, Brooklyn Bands. We did have Brooklyn Bandstand, but we now have, what do we have this afternoon? You know. Actually, the, uh, the new four o'clock slide is still foreign to me, so I'm trying to uh, commit that to memory. <laughs> okay. So anyway, how, many, how, many, how much uh, more time? 10 seconds. <laughs> 10 seconds. All right. We'll have to do this again. We'll have to do this again <laughs> to be continued. Doctor Lisa gives a shit. Doctor Lisa gives a shit.